he was not appreciated for what he did as far as raising those kids like they they were his own. Like women always say, you got to accept me and my kids and all that. He did that. And at the end of the day, it was but good enough. The wife chose you. Ish. The kids didn't. They don't have that loyalty. They just kids. Kids. Kids are opportunists. Let's be honest. What up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop style podcast. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-host, Rizy and Buff. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. It's graduation time. For some places. Because uh, in Marlin, Texas, they had five people eligible to graduate. So they had to push their entire graduation back because out of 33 students, 28 of them didn't meet the requirements for graduation. So my question to Marlin Texan Texas school system is uh how did y'all not know leading up to graduation that 28 of your senior class out of your whole 33 person senior class first of all this got to be a small small town to have a 33 person senior class but either way it goes how did you not know that 28 of your kids weren't eligible for graduation yet like where did y'all not send progress reports home and report cards and all of that because i know i check i i check when i was in high school i checked for my kids and so i mean i, I don't just blame the, the school because the the parents should know Everybody should know that your kid not eligible to graduate. But obviously Marlin, Texas, they didn't. So I just want to um, throw that out there that everybody didn't graduate. But shout out to the graduates. I want to say that uh, Ariel, my niece, she graduated on Thursday. So proud of her. So proud of all the graduates. Love seeing all the pictures and everything. Um, All the graduates that may be listening, parents of graduates, uh, go on, be great. Take gap years if you need to go to college, get a trade, get a new job, join the military, whatever you guys are doing. Um, just know that three brothers, no sense, are proud of you guys. Um, and the other thing is, on, just... I want to shout out to. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. So, my math guy. I mean, that's just horrible percentage. I mean, we're looking at a fifteen percent graduation rate. Yeah. But then who's the valedictorian? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm hoping the valedictorian was like all A's, but you might have had a 3.2 <laughs> and being the Val. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um top five percent of your class. I mean, it's just, I don't know. So, but the thing about it is the parents demand answers after Martin High School seniors found ineligible. Let's figure, I just want to read more about this. 
because of the population of the city is or town is fifty five hundred people. Oh, good. Okay, good news. After working, they were able to increase the graduation graduation to seventeen. After 12 additional students worked to meet the requirements after the past several days. <laughs> what what requirements were you missing? It, it took several days. You you were able to meet them all of a sudden. I don't even much know, man. Uh, right, right. But parents, watch watch what's happening with your kids. Track it. Know know what the requirements are. Um, but it, I, I will say, you know, the counselor at the school, because even Ariel, Ariel should have graduated with an advanced with the honors degree, but she wasn't able to, uh, to march or, or receive the advanced with honors degree because the counselor didn't tell her that she needed to take advanced like history or something like that. Um, because she was taking AP history in the next semester but she took regular history in the summer. And because of that, she wasn't able to get an investor, but she took AP history. So it's, it's, I mean, when people are talking about what you need to graduate and stuff like that, I get it. It, It's complicated and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that complicated. You should know what you need for each one of those. So it's, it's sad. So, Oh, screw Pell city school, uh, school for that too. Cause my little niece should have got, she should have got that advanced with honors. Does that so, do anything these days? Nope. Outside, I mean it. It it does. It looks much better on your application, you know, and everything. But a lot of times, kids already admit it by the time they graduate. Yeah, right. Then, so it, it doesn't do much. Then a lot of these kids, you know, we talked about this yesterday, and we're gonna segue, I guess, to it. Um, honors class is over. I mean, dual enrollment class is over. Honors classes. You know, mm-hmm. if you have the chance to get an honors or advanced with honors diploma, which was all the rave in the 90s, rather than do dual enrollment, which way do you go? You know, your kids just have a an honors or regular diploma and have 25, 30 credit hours and enter as a sophomore or at least uh, have a lot of their core classes. Second semester. Finished. Yeah. Second semester freshman. Yeah. What's the yeah. point? Because you know, once you get in, we'll, we'll tell you. Parents, in college, dual enrollment. Don't even take AP. Um, dual enrollment. If you have the uh, choice, take dual enrollment um, because you automatically get the college credit. AP, you have to take a test to get the credit, and then the college has to accept it. If it's dual enrollment, you automatically get the credit, and it's accepted by you know ninety nine percent of schools. So it's much easier to get that college credit. Yeah, because I took AP classes and I did not take the AP exam right right I, I went on the cruise <laughs> so and I mean I just want to look at that because we had this conversation yesterday Rising and myself about the we talk about the wealth gap a lot but there's a new conversation that a lot of people aren't having enough is the education gap and as someone who mentors young men and looking at how competitive these schools and their accomplishments need to be to compete today, 
we can't afford to just let our kids be regular. You know, it's 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 tough. You know, I was talking to Rizzi. There's kids in elementary school speaking dual languages, learning Mandarin, doing all these other things, getting to robotics clubs, all this stuff. And we can't just assume that our regular school system is going to do everything they need to do and just taking regular classes or not putting them in anything to help excel or compete. It's tough in these streets. I just remember even going back back then when I was in college, I think I did fairly well in high school. But when I meet, met some of these kids who were coming from other cities or were enrolled in other programs, realizing the education gap or the opportunity gap with education that came with it and their experiences and stuff like that, it, it's, it's huge. So people think yep. about it. My bad. Continue, fellas. Oh, the only thing else I had, man, was uh shout out to uh my my chapter brother John Varner for getting into a Twitter uh battle with um with Ice Cube. So he made the shade room and everything else double XL because he called out Ice Cube for he said Every four years, Ice Cube comes around and and tries to tell us to not vote Democrat and and vote for um, Republicans or whatever. And then he kind of went off on what Republicans do. And Ice Cube saw it, retweeted, tweeted back at him and said, I never told anybody who to vote for. So stop with that clickbait stuff out your mouth. And people took that screenshot of the, the reply. And so all of a sudden, my homeboy became a troll and all this crazy stuff just because he tried to call him out on it. It was wild, man. So, yeah, shout out to John V for calling him out. Lil Hulk Q on Instagram. Uh, so you guys can kind of follow him on that or in Twitter um, and look at the little Twitter beef that he got going with Ice Cube. Did Ice Cube tell us who to vote for? He what told us. He told us. He remember, he... he didn't he never said who to vote for what he did was and this is kind of the the most voters gonna assume that he's saying vote for Dem- uh, Republicans when he um, said that uh, um, black people need to abandon the Democratic Party and not have a loyalty to it and then he went and spoke with uh, Trump about his what well, I, I can't remember the name of it his kind of new deal on uh, a black um, contract with black America whatever it was called um and so he kind of yeah. supported him. He, he never, never endorsed him, but he kind of supported Trump in that um, because, you know, he was saying Trump was promising him that. And so I, I, I disagree with that. You disagree that he um, didn't? So yeah, he didn't he didn't support Trump and he never did talk to Trump. And that was kind of inaccurate to say he told who told us who to vote for. And we do need to stop being that so loyal to the Democratic Party. So, Rise, it sound like your uh, your chapter bro is trolling, bro. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of got it wrong. Got it. But good for him that he went viral. Uh, I'm going to change the tone a little bit. Uh, since we last recorded, we lost uh, who I consider an icon in Tina Turner. And upon her death, uh, one of our, our good listeners, by the way, he's also a, uh, a co-worker of mine, but the homie, the homie Chaz Crawford, made me think about this. He was like, you know, because I, I made the comment that she never really know, knew what true love was until she was like in her 70s. And he was like, and upon that, she had to deal with so much 
ridicule and and having what she went through, having her trauma trivialized to memes and jokes. And I never thought about that because I have laughed at some of those jokes in the past, um, you know, and, and, and thinking back on, you know, probably wasn't the best thing. I don't think I share any of those memes before, but that was that definitely gave me something to think about. And you can't discuss Tina without discussing Ike. And to me, that brings up one of my favorite topics when it comes to celebrities that we demonize and celebrities that we prop up as heroes when they've done virtually the same thing. Because Ike Turner is mostly known for beating Tina due to a large part to that movie that came But Jim Brown also had a similar history with women. And he just passed away as well since we last recorded. I think since we last recorded. Mm -hmm. He's kind of considered more of a hero. But he has some shady history with not just women, young women, 18 and younger. You know what I mean? So I just always find it interesting how, you know, we take two people who've done the same thing and it's just really a matter of of who you like more and who you will excuse more for what they did versus the other person. So that was interesting to me, but rest in peace to, uh, you know, Jim Brown, because I feel like I do acknowledge the good that he did while also saying, Hey, he did some bad stuff as well. And rest in peace to uh, Tina Turner, who had a great documentary on HBO about two years ago. So if you have HBO or HBO, well, it's called Max now. If you have the Max app, uh, pull that documentary up. It's very, very good. And uh, I, I think because I watched that documentary, her death made me a little more sad than I thought it would be. Because it's not like I'm riding around listening to a lot of Tina Turner. I mean, I could probably name maybe six or seven songs without having to Google from her. So I wasn't like a huge fan, but I was I was really sad when I heard about her past. Well, you stole my thunder. <laughs> about Tina um, but we did lose an icon we lost an icon with Jim Brown as well you know so it's yep. just I think with people like that when you grow up knowing who they are especially because of your parents and things like that you know you probably weren't a Tina Turner fan or even like a Jim Brown fan because you didn't grow up during their heyday, but you saw the respect and love that others that you loved and respected had for them. And it didn't hurt to have the movie. What's love's got, what's love got to do with it. Um, come out and be such a huge success in Ike. His, his character was just unforgettable. So, um, just so uh, I'm flabbergasted. I didn't know Kanye was what engaged now or remarried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he he got remarried recently. You know, it's just it, it's it's so weird that you know, despite all of this, you know, the cancel Kanye and people just not checking for him like that, where people still have the opportunity to go out there and find love, and it just. I always, I always wonder what kind of red flags people need to see to kind of just what makes somebody undateable? What makes somebody just like off the market? Is there truly someone out there for everyone? So that was just when I just read it, it caught me off guard. It's like, man, 
It's about now. It doesn't help that hurt that he's a. Is he a billionaire still? I think he. I think after he's a he lost Adidas, there. he's not. Yeah, hundred hundred millionaire. Yeah. Multi multi hundred millionaire. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes you a little. Either way, he got a lot of her. money. Lots of money. <laughs> so. Um, that was just it for me because uh, there's something I, I want to jump into our questions and make sure we get everybody a chance to speak today. So, Rozzy, do we have Sophie available? Uh, yeah, we do. Hold on one second. Let me get her because it's the first day of summer and she is ready. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. Salutations. Sophia. Salutations. Happy summer to you. Yeah, school ended yesterday. Yes. How, how was We're it? We're going to Orlando tomorrow. Orlando? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's going on in Orlando? I don't know. What are we doing in Orlando? <laughs> SeaWorld. SeaWorld. Universal Studios. And Universal Studios, yeah. Uh, you didn't invite me to SeaWorld or Universal Studios. I didn't even know what we were doing. <laughs> okay. So are you gonna go to are you a Harry Potter fan? I've never seen it. You never seen it? I know what it is. Yeah, you're not gonna enjoy the Harry Potter world like you should if you were a Harry Potter fan. You're driving, you can watch you a lot enjoy the ride, you can watch so. a lot of Harry Potter in the car on the way there. Yeah. I definitely could. Should. Yeah. You should yeah. do that. You can watch it on Max, by the way. They need to endorse us <laughs> at this point. I know, right? <laughs> Give us a sponsorship. <laughs> We get, we're gonna watch a whole bunch of Harry Potter and we're leaving at like midnight so I'm gonna have like that entire day too to watch Harry Potter telling all our business what? <laughs> telling Tell all well, the, the listeners all drop. our business the show won't drop we'll until after y'all go yeah yeah, yeah. that's huh? true yeah. yeah the insurgents we got OPSEC we can't tell people where we're going until we get back <laughs> yeah, it is you do it all right so sophie do you have a good uh uh summer joke for us kick off the summer right it's not a summer joke but it's definitely still a joke okay i wanted to raise the stakes so i told a new joke i thought it wasn't good but my dad told me it was well done <laughs> that was cute. That was cute. That was cute. I like it. Yeah, yeah. We made that one up. We didn't even find it. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> we, we still heard. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, All right. Bye, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bye bye, everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back to Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop style podcast. We're up to the question time. And you know what that means? When you hear the questions, we hear the questions. So let's go ahead and jump into it. And I'm going to just I'm going to go ahead and start since we already started talking about it. So Z and I, I broke the news to her about Tina Turner. And of course, like you said, Byron, uh, she brought up Ike, you know. And. We just went on this whole tangent about how bad of a person he seemed seemed to be. And I talked about, you know, some of the interviews he had where he. I might have said defended himself from how he treated her, but you could tell that he almost didn't see any wrong. Like he rationalized it. Right. Yeah. It was almost comical how he defended him. And so that's that's exactly what we said. So it led to the conversation about when you think about it and not by disclaimer, at no point am I trying to justify his actions or to take up for him. But I also think about we're looking at it from the norms of from the 90s when the movie first came out to today. Right. Mm -hmm. When you look at Ike back then, Ike still was a bad person, but he probably wasn't at categorized as bad as we see him now because of societal norms. You know, I think there was a lot of violent, volatile relationships like uh, DB was not really a thing like that. You know, I remember hearing the 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 generation before us and maybe even the generation before that you know there was this well you if you, you gotta hit her you know if you if he ain't hitting you he ain't love you like it was this it was this almost persona of this is how people operated and it made me think about what other people or how how much do societal norms play into how we judge people Versus when the things were going on versus today. So you even mentioned, and it's funny because he played the character. You mentioned, um, oh my God, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne admitted he was in abusive relationships. Like, yeah. you think about, uh, you talk about Jim Brown. These things were mildly accepted back then. You know, now on a scale of one to ten, back then he might have been a a six on the asshole list and today's stand by today's standard he's a 12 how big of a play do you think that plays into the way we look at things and what are the societal norms that we deal with today that are going to be that we might even engage in that might be extremely frowned upon in the very near future does that make sense uh, yeah, I think I missed some of the first. So, like, the how big of a play is like? Is Ike as bad as we think he is? Because that's a because great, that's a great. You question. know, back then he was just he was Ike. You know, let's say I don't know the norm, but maybe six, seven out of ten men were beating their women. I think that's mm-hmm. probably the norm, and maybe out of that, he might have been one of the worst out of that that six or seven, but he still was. You know, it wasn't as bad. Like people, he started beating Tina. People just kind of like, oh, here go Ike. They got up and walked out because that's what people were doing. You know, 
So it's it's I think it's I think it's important to look at the entirety of who when you talk about Ike Turner specifically, a man who, you know, saw his father get beat down because he slept with a white woman, a man who at age six was molested by a grown woman. And by the time he was 12, I think he'd had like at least three different encounters sexually with grown women. So he was literally raped as a kid, which still is kind of normal. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, and so you growing up at that time, he's doing, he wound up doing drugs and stuff like that. And so, like you said, at the beginning of your, your question, it's not justifying it, but I think it's important to, to look at all that and what drives a person to, to do something like that. He didn't do himself any favors when he tried to defend himself on his actions. But when you ask, was he as bad as some of that stuff in the movie didn't even happen. Like it's a movie. They're trying to, they're trying to get access and seats. They're trying to entertain you. And even by Tina's own acknowledgement, some of that stuff wasn't true, but enough of it was true to label him a bad person. And I, I think he definitely did a lot of bad things. Was he a bad person? That's not for me to say. But did he do bad things? Hell yeah, he put his one, he put his hands on his wife multiple times. You know, I think uh, embarrassed her. I don't think he just physically abused her. He like you know, mentally and emotionally and all that type. Yeah, abused her too. Exactly. Yeah. Very, very, very controlling. So yes, he did a lot of bad things. He also pioneered music. He pioneered music for black artists too. He, did, he, he showed artists how to handle their business because he got schooled over when he first got in the music business. And that's how he learned to, you know, really handle his business. So specifically with him, I, it's not for me to say if he was a bad person, but he did some very, very bad things. The second part of your question, what are some things going on that we will look at in the future and be like, man, it's pretty bad. I think we're kind of seeing it now. I think when you look at a lot of the jokes that comedians tell now, more and more, like you got Eddie Murphy coming out saying that some of the jokes he's told in the past, he wouldn't feel comfortable telling today. You can, you got Dave Chappelle getting a lot of heat with his last two or three specials against the, the LGBTQIA community. So I think more and more um, speech, jokes, and things like that are going to be heavily scrutinized 10, 15 years from now. They're already being scrutinized now. I think a good 15 to 20 years from now, people are going to really look back on jokes, speeches, this podcast maybe, and say, wow, those those three ignorant Negroes really were insensitive about subject whatever. Yeah, yeah, I... I agree I'll, I'll flip it and talk about the things we're doing um today first um i think the the biggest one looking at we talk about dvs and how men hitting their wives and everything was semi-acceptable you know back then and and it's you know got out of favor and everything like that i think that's gonna happen for people beating their children that's still socially that. acceptable and that's still a norm that today, not right? People now. say, "Oh, I can be not not as much, right?" It's starting to shift, but it's yeah. still socially acceptable, exactly, right? And and, and yeah. so I think eventually, just like we said, you can't put your hand on that woman. 
20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, they're going to be like, you can't put your hand on that human. Whether they're a child or a woman or a spouse or whatever, you can't put your hand on that woman or on that on that man, human. I don't even think it's going to take 50 years. I don't think it's going to take 50 years. Really? Man. I mean, maybe I, I, I really years. feel like I, you, you talk yeah. generations. I think it's going to take maybe Sophie's them generation mm. growing up. So, and that's why I say 50, okay. you know, 50 years. It'll, it'll be them being the parents and the grandparents for that to, to <laughs> where they're like, no, that's not right. That, yeah. My parents didn't beat me. Why are you beating that child? And it, yeah. it's going to get to a point where everybody is like, no, that's, that's not right. Yeah. The, it, it's, it's right now it's start, you starting to see the shift, but mm-hmm. Like Rizzi said, fifty years from now, it's going to be completely unacceptable. You're going to be looking looked down upon as a freaking just a miscreant. Like you, you did what? You know, the same way you think about like yeah. you listen, Joe Jackson. You know, Joe Jackson can survive today. You know, we talk about we glorify the days where, or our Gen X glorifies the days when your neighbors could could uh, chastise you and reprimand you and stuff like that. You know, your neighbors could be complete strangers. Now your teachers can barely raise their voice at kids. You know, it's it's so, you know, we're talking about it. We all have mixed emotions on how that works. But now it's it's going to in the near future. It's going to be completely different, but continue rising. Yeah, but that's the that's the one that I think uh, um, is going to really, really change. Um what was the other part of the question? It was how big of a part Joe Jackson or uh, like society the, so, and everything. Know, like, I, yeah, you know, societal. Should we look at societal norms more so when we're looking at people versus? I, I just, definitely think so. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we we talk about it a lot, right? We we talk about how when Bill Cosby was putting quaaludes and stuff like that, like that was kind of the culture back then. It was wrong. We know it was wrong. It was wrong then too. Um, but you know, in in those circles, when you talk about the Bunny Ranch and the Playboy Mansion and and you know those types of places, and and we with those movie stars, that was kind of the thing that happened. Um, and so, you know, it, it's not excusing it, but understanding it, right? Like, and and I think that's the same thing we're talking about with um with Ike. It's like I'm not excusing what he did. He, it was definitely bad. But I understand how he thought it's not a big deal, right? I'll, I'll, so, go ahead. I, I was gonna say so. I, I kind of left that part of my answer out as far as the whole societal norm. I think for societal norms, we always know that it's wrong. Like even in the sixties, fifty, you can go back even further than that. We knew that hitting your woman was wrong. I just think that the consequences ramp up. Like people knew slavery was wrong. People knew slavery was wrong, but nobody did anything about it. Right. You know, but people knew that it was wrong. So even in Ike's time, he knew it was wrong to hit. That's why most of his beatings occurred behind. Like if you talk to a lot of his band members and stuff, they, they will tell you they never saw him hit her because he always did it behind doors. So he knew it was wrong. I think the difference is the consequences change. So I, I can't co-sign with the whole, well, that's how society was because you knew it was wrong. You just knew you could get away with it more than you can now. Okay. Uh, agreed. But I'll, I'll kind of meet you guys and take it how you want. Society knows what's right and wrong now, but it's easy to go with the masses. 
you know, we all know what we're supposed to do. Most of us just don't do it. Just take it away from just it's like we all know how we're supposed to eat. We know we're supposed to work out so many times. You know, people do what they want to do because, you know, that's why America's like so overweight. You know, we don't eat healthy. We don't work out. But societal norms. I, I you know, slavery was wrong. But how wrong was it at that time? The, to think that you could own some person, a person is completely crazy. You know, but when you consider them less than a person and that's what the government is spewing to you and, you know, and if you get to some of the religious zealots, you know, saying that, you know, they justified it with going back to your point, Rizzi, spare the rod, spare the rod, spoil the child like that's what my grandmother and grandfather, their generation before them grew up on. The Bible told them to knock their kids out. But we love those people. You know, we love the grandmothers. We love these people. The granddad that had that came home, gave them grandmama the check and had a whole other family on the side of town. That was normal. Like a lot of these things were normal, accepted. And that's just, you know, grandma wasn't complaining too much because that's kind of how things were going. Was granddad right? No, but he was there. He came home every night. They never missed a meal. And I, I look at all that in the same bucket. Now I'm not comparing well infidelity, having another family with DV, but I think you look at people just follow the crowd. I just, I know I have a huge family. I know that people are in abusive relationships, but they love each other. It's easy to be so self-righteous and to judge people but we very soon, not even very soon now, I think that's let's let's be realistic when you have more progressive people telling us the things we grew up doing or believing were wrong or are wrong. We raise hell. You know, how are you going to tell me what being a man is? You know, this is how men are supposed to act, this hyper hyper masculine toxic male ego thing was how men were supposed to be and real men put they woman in place they keep they woman in check she know not the mouth off on me I bring, I'm the bread when I do all this stuff so those were the norms and not excusing Ike but it, it's almost um, a lot of times people are victims of the time period even though he was on the, the worst side of the, the, the time, like, you know, if the average guy was a five, you're an eight, you know, like, you know, but it's by today's norms. I think for me, the way the kids was one thing. Uh, I think something I see a lot now because it's affecting the youth more than I think anybody is pronouns. There's going to be an argument very soon on why people were so against just respecting people's pronouns like yeah. maybe our kids or, or kids and like why do we so, why do we even have pronouns why don't we just say they and we just yeah, it's, yeah. it's a single pronoun see see, why, see why do you have space. to make it male about or, it is, why do, yeah you know and at the end of the day there's going to be arguments like what's the difference and or what's the importance of identifying this person as a male or a female does it change their ability? Da 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 da. Like it's just right. Byron is Byron. 
Byron is still going to be Byron, whether you call him he, she, or they, you know, does that change anything about who he is? And so I know the fact that I said who he is, but our grandkids are probably like, why was this a debate? Like how, like, yeah, my granddad used to get all bent out of shape out of that and stuff like that. And that's going to be huge because for them, it's something so simple. I think those things are, I think just accepting people's identity is going to be the next big push because we still want to define who and what we think people are. But Ike sucked. I'm not condoning it, but at at the end of the day, it's he sucks because we're looking at him from our 2023. We respect women and we are anti DV glasses. We're sitting on high, you know, but once again, we are probably going to be the Ikes of somebody's conversation at some point. Rosie, you want to go on me? Um, I can. I'm talking about hypermasculinity and everything like that. I don't know if you guys saw the TikTok reel going around about the stepdaddy or boyfriend that decided he wasn't paying for his, we'll call her stepdaughter, um, but you know, they weren't actually married, but his stepdaughter, he had been there since she was like 14 or whatever, um, 10 years and he decided he wasn't paying for her wedding the weekend of her <laughs> wedding um, and mainly because she, her dad was basically a deadbeat dad not really there or whatever but you know the little girl loved her real dad or whatever um, and she decided to let the real dad walk her down the aisle and he wanted 20 people out of 250 people he gave them a list and said hey invite these 20 people they didn't invite any of his 20 people that he wanted or whatever. She decided to let the real dad walk her down the uh, aisle. Uh, he he hosted the, you know, <laughs> rehearsal dinner and everything at his house. And so, and then the, the real dad showed up at his house and then he comes to find out that they didn't invite, they didn't do all that stuff. So he was like, you know what? Since you want to handle that, you handle that real dad. I'm not putting in on, on this y'all got this and I want <laughs> you guys response do you think that was right do you uh, how, how do you feel you know with that when you know at, at the last minute pulling out saying nope I'm not paying for this I'm gonna let Byron go what the homie oh. Ferg what the homie Ferg what the homie Ferg said last week my wallet my choice <laughs> you damn right he is 1000% right bro One thousand percent in fact wherever they plan on going for their honeymoon he should go and send them pictures of him there enjoying while they're at the wedding super petty you damn right (laughs) hell yeah he's right that's my answer right now i'm good that's all i agree with everything byron said (laughs) (laughs) everything it's I, I, I'm gonna take it deeper because that was too quick. I wonder what the the future <laughs> husband thinks about this. Because as a man, like I'm like, so this is how you think and respect men, right? Like this is how you, you know, the the oh, the gratitude that, that yeah. you give to somebody. You know, at what point do you put do the does my goodwill and the things I do and for you become secondary? You know, um, 
and hell, like, did you even ask your dad or whatever? The fact that he just paying for this wedding, I'm go to Jamaica, doubt, do whatever you need to do. I, I, I have no, I have no qualms because figure it out. Fig, figure it out. You, you, you took the time to figure it out. You wanted him to walk you down the aisle. Even if you like, hey, hey, Byron, you know, I appreciate everything you've done for me. You know, ever since I was a little girl, I just always envisioned my dad walking me down the aisle and he could never replace what you did. But it's just, you know, like if he had this, she had this conversation with him and got his blessing. That was one thing. Um, Because she has a. She has the right to walk down the aisle with whoever she wants to walk down the aisle with. Absolutely. Once again, mm-hmm. absolutely. Your aisle, your choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. But absolutely. At the same time, I can never tell somebody what they will or will not do, but I can definitely tell you how I'm going to react in certain situations to it. Because I can never, like, mm-hmm. you know, I can't say you won't do something, but I'll tell you how I'm going to respond. And how I'm going to respond is mm-hmm. all types of petty. That's not even petty. That's just, you know what? I'm going to remove myself from the situation. Exactly. That's a a y'all got it right there. Y'all got it. You like it. I love it. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, like you said, I'm, I'm almost okay with her. No, no, no. I'm almost okay with her saying, you know, hey, I want my dad to walk me down the aisle, my real dad, natural dad, blah, 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 blah. You know, he, we're strange. He wasn't there, but, you know, I know he loves me, blah, 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 blah. But those 20 people is really what got me. Like, that's the part that I was like, True. I'm paying for this even, motherfucker. I, I haven't even got to. And I can't get 20 people on this list. 10%. 10% of all the people I want. And and and, and you got to think, the, the people he's asking isn't like, hey, I want my homeboy. It's, it's hey, Haley's getting married. And I tell Haley, I want Ferg and Byron to come. You've known them forever. Like last 10 years, they've been coming by the house. We've been hanging out, laughing, joking, that type of thing. Like these are my homeboys that, you know, want to be there or or that know you, my family members that want to be there and you didn't put them and invite them. Like I, hell, if Haley told me I couldn't invite y'all to her wedding, I might not pay for her wedding. Like my natural daughter, <laughs> yeah. let alone my stepdaughter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't. I forgot to make it that far because it's just like when it's my money, and it's just I feel like it's completely disrespectful. Um, but the twenty people—that's the least you can give me. Like the the least you can do is like, did you want to invite anybody else? Like twenty twenty five, <laughs> like you know, because um, then they then they compromise. Like, well, if some people don't come, then. If some people don't RSVP, then you can start them. You can buy, invite Buff and Rising. <laughs> oh man, that that's just so crazy. Back to your pettiness, Buff. What I would do is take those twenty people today at a wedding, and we about to go to uh, Steak Forty Eight. <laughs> <laughs> twenty people at Steak Forty Eight, I guarantee, is cheaper than a two hundred man wedding. <laughs> Listen, she was doing good by him even offering to pay for the wedding because the more and more people I talk to, they are not following that tradition of the the father of the bride paying for the wedding. Most of these couples now that are getting married are paying for their wedding themselves. Yeah. So the fact that he was willing to do that speaks volumes. So I don't think it's petty either. I think it's, I, I actually think it's the right thing to do, but if you want to call it petty, 
I won't take offense to that. Yeah. And 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 I've seen my first said his wallet, his choice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen where um daughters uh, or or women have their stepdad and their real dad walking down the aisle together. Like I've seen that a couple times too, where I you know I won't. That's both what I was thinking about too. Like, could that be done? Yeah. yeah. Like it could have been something, so, but again, it goes back to they didn't respect him like that. They didn't respect him as that father figure. Like I really feel like he was looked at as an ATM in that relationship, and that's what he said. He's like, I feel like I'm an ATM, uh, and I'm cutting it off. I'm not and, doing it. And so I, I ain't want to bring this up. Listen. What listen. what what the hell did the mother say? That's a that yo. Bro, and, and listen, you know, but but back back in Lil Wayne's prime, before he would give her a spit a hot verse, he would say, I'm going in, I'm going in, and I'm gonna just say this. This is one of the pitfalls that Kevin Samuels used to talk about. Being a stepdad and, and they being unappreciative than a mother. And I know a real a re- like I saw it real time. I know a real situation like that with with two co-workers. They were married. I know a real situation where he came into the picture, pretty much raised those kids, and at the end of the day, they still deferred to that didn't do shit biological father. And he's now divorced because of some other stuff that involved that whole situation, but he was not appreciated for what he did as far as raising those kids like they they were his own like women always say you gotta accept me and my kids and all that and he did that and at the end of the day it was but nothing. the wife chose you ish the kids didn't they don't have that loyalty they just kids 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 are opportunists let's be honest they put mom against dad dad against mom throw some steps in there grandparents grandma all that kids are opportunists so they have no loyalty and the thing about it is you you know like you ride the wave um you know that that's crazy so Man, okay. Let's go, uh, Buff. You got it. Okay, so this is potentially a three-part Let's question, but don't don't get scared. Don't get scared. Don't get scared. It's like quick questions, but real quick, um, because the homie Sherman was the first man I know that ever said this, and he once told me that he was a feminist. I don't know if he still feels that way, but he once told me that. So my question for you two are is. Do you consider yourselves feminists? And is there even still a need for feminism? And if there is a st- still a need for feminists and feminism, what is the end goal? Because we always talk about, you know, is there is there a need to continue to fight racism and things like that and Black Lives Matter? But as far as sexism and stuff, is there a need for feminists and feminism? What is the end goal? Yes, I, I consider myself a feminist um, because I do think, I, I, truthfully, that's that's why I'm so big on equity and saying when, when you got the revo- right to vote, you got the right to all these <laughs> other things, right? It's like, look, I feel like being a feminist is I want equal representation. I want equal 
responsibility. I, but it's, but the problem is a lot of women don't want to be feminists anymore. So like what you're saying about, is it still, what's the end goal? I think they don't have a good, like end goal or, or, or goal for it because some women are like, no, I'm good. I'm good with what I got. I want to be able to get a job, have my own bank account without a man on it. I want to be able to do that, but eh, I ain't trying to pay no bills and I don't want to go half on, uh, you know, the dates. And so they're picking and choosing what they want to get out of equity. Um, and so I, I think you've got like a far right group of feminists. That's like, you know, we want super equal everything we want to be uh equal and looked at as equals uh then you got those women that's like no i kind of like being in my feminine as they called it you know and 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 stay in the feminine mood and all of that and so i i think we still need it i do feel like i'm probably one of those far right feminists like i won't equal whatever you know if you can do the job you can do the job if you can you know and you should get equal pay for the job if you're going to be in the job um now do do we need and with that being said, I'm also like men need the same type of maternity leaves and stuff like parental leave should be parental leave. It shouldn't be mothers get this and got and the fathers don't get this. It's like, hey, if you have a baby, we're going to say you get up to 12 weeks or, you know, a year off between parents. So y'all figure it out. Y'all can use it however, but you get a year off. So six months, mom, six months, dad, all 12 months, mom whatever but y'all as parents get the maternity leave or whatever i don't know how that works but uh like in europe they they get it uh, through the government and so it's easier to track versus like through employers but you know something like that but i i feel like we should have equal protections and equal rights and equal support based on whatever's happening not based on the sex so i'm hyper feminine feminist um, and I, I think there's still work to do on that because women aren't paid equally. Women don't have equal opportunities in everything, right? I mean, uh, oh, I, I see a smirk, so I want to hear your answer on that. Um, and I, but I think that's that the end goal is is it's it's fluid that we we don't know what that is right now. So, Bert, yeah, I'm definitely a feminist, but I'm the type feminist that other feminists probably don't like. <laughs> So I'm like you, what I say, I, I want complete equality, but at the same time, similar to racism, I feel like there has to be a plan to make up for the gap. So, so equity, right? <laughs> yeah. So I need to figure out, or not I, we need to figure out what programs can we put in place to help women get to that place where there is true equality if it's a so almost reparations for feminism for women so if there is a if it's wealth if it's you know like things that can help them be uh more financially independent in the long run it's like if divorce happens whatever those things protections for them that men might have whatever those things are we need to figure them out you know, if the government needs to pay, like, look, you know, next two generations of women don't pay tax, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but it needs to be something to say, like, I just want y'all to know what we're moving towards, because in 2047, all this shit is over. Like, you know, it's 
you get divorced, you take what you came with, you take, ain't no need for no prenup. It's, you know, here it is, you know, this, this is what it is. You know, we, we decided to, to take a gamble in this marriage. It didn't work. And so you go, you go this way, you go that way. And it might be some math, better math done. You know, the same thing with kids, you know, women shouldn't just have the right to have kids. I say it all the time. You know, women's like, well, I care the kid. Well, only one person could. It's not like we voted. You know, and I'm not taking anything away from motherhood. It's just that's the way it is. But once that kid is born, that does not make you more of a parent than me. Like we're both responsible for this child. So much so that the government is making sure that, you know, that I have to know that I'm responsible for this child because I'm paying for, you know, people can find a kid's not even theirs and still end up paying child support and stuff. Because there's a certain responsibility for this child. You can't, you shouldn't have more say on how this child is reared, reared than I do. You were talked about that last week when we were talking about the, the abortion thing where, you know, one person gets to make more decisions. It should be equitable across the board when it comes to how these things go. Um, and we need to work to acknowledge that work towards getting it. There are, there's male privilege. So we have to try to get away from some of those things that, men have the privileges of and make it more equitable and so you know we don't have to fight this anymore you know no races or you know we gotta admit it there 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 are certain privileges to being men that if we want equality or equity we we have to get rid of them um i don't know what those things are but it has to happen because i want no excuses i just want i just want to look 50 50 shouldn't even be a question you know like or it's you know it might be okay i make 70 percent more than you so it's 70 30 but it's not yeah it's not automatic me my what 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 used to be the thing my money is her money and her money is her money yeah or, so, or my money's our money that's what it was yeah. my money's our money and her yeah. money's her money yeah. so yeah. yeah was yours is mine was mine is mine you know <laughs> Uh, so for the first part of my question, um, am I a feminist? It depends. It depends on your definition. If your definition of a feminist is fighting for equal opportunity, yes, I am a feminist. If your definition is equal outcome and results, no, absolutely not. Um, I pushed back. I made the face when Rosie said, you know, women are still not paid equally. I mean, the way they do the gender wage gap, they are paid equally. The gender wage gap is taken upon all the jobs that men work, all the jobs that women work, add them all up, get the average. Men make more. Men make more because they do more dangerous jobs. So that's one of the reasons why men get paid more. The other reason is a lot of women opt out of working. They choose motherhood over working or working a lot less. So and they're they're accounted in this whole gender wage gap as far as how they work less compared to a man that's working full time and overtime and things like that. And studies show that women are more agreeable. So for those few, those handful of jobs where you can negotiate your salary, jobs tell a woman, hey, we want to bring you in. You can make this. A lot of times they agree to it. Studies show that they're more agreeable. So there is no gender wage gap as it's defined. As far as is there still a need for feminism? I mean, yes, men still look at women as objects. 
still look at them as someone they can take advantage of. So there always need to be an advocacy to to fight for them on their behalf. The end goal should be there. There really is no end goal. Like, I think they're always going to have to fight against that, against that because I think male males in nature in, in, in nature just they're always gonna a certain segment of males are always gonna look at women that way. You go you're always gonna need to fight and push back against that. So I'm not sure there is an end goal. I think there will always be a need to push back against that and make sure that women are treated fairly, that they are believed when they're sexually harassed at a job and things like that. So I'm not sure there is an end goal, but so there will always be a need for feminism. There is no end goal. Am I a feminist? It depends on what your definition is. So Rosie, you might be able to help me with this. The the wage gap. I agree with part of what you're saying, even the agreeable parts. Um, Because I used to work for ADP, and this was one thing that we used to, because, you know, ADP pays more Americans than any other company in the world. And that was one of the things they were talking about was equality and pay. That was a big thing circa 2000, probably 16, 17. Um, And one of the reasons was similar to what you were saying, but that comes from opportunity. It comes from the fact like where same thing that happened with racists like this job the starting pay is 70 to ninety thousand dollars we're so used to not having that we take the 70 where rising automatically comes in it's 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 not like i'm just agreeable it's just like i don't have options i haven't had options when you know that you're worth 90 you know it it's rather than like okay we're gonna bring these people in at eighty thousand or ninety thousand because there was people that i found out a lot of times they were making 10,000 more, 15,000 more than me just because I was just happy. I'm happy to be here, you know, because I didn't see opportunity like that. A lot of these women are the first time in the, the workplace, first time in some of these leadership positions. And so they're they're more agreeable where it was a, maybe a couple of years ago where Rizzi, we talked about. Um, affirmative action, affirmative action, but also what is it called? Imposter syndrome. Oh, okay. Imposter syndrome, where people are just like, I'll take it because it's an opportunity. Where at one point, Rise is like, just come in with the the ego of a mediocre white man and you'll be okay. Like, these people aren't scared of asking for money. Um, and that's taught. It, it's taught. We, we just started in our little group talking about pay, right? But we don't, you know, most black people don't tell the people what they make. And probably the last six or seven years is when I've learned how to negotiate my my pay myself so I see that as some of the same issues that minorities because women are minorities in a lot of these workplaces especially in certain positions we're not taught these things we're not taught to negotiate we're not taught the you know to ask ask for the sky maybe you, you ask for 90 they'll give you 85 when they offer you 70 my last three jobs was the first time I've ever asked for more and gotten more. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to push back against your pushback. There aren't a lot of jobs that even allow you to really negotiate your salary. So there aren't a lot of jobs to even make a dent in the whole way, uh, gender what, wage pay what, gap. What do you mean by that? There, there's, a, there's a lot of jobs to let you negotiate. There's not. By, by and large, people work salary jobs rising. There aren't a lot of corporate jobs with a negotiation, negotiable salaries. Also, you look at a country like, uh, you look at countries in Scandinavia, 
where there's more equality than anywhere else in the world where women have the right to choose whatever job they want to and overwhelmingly they pick jobs that pay less that's what they want to do a yeah, lot of women that, pick jobs I, that pay less that, that men that work yeah but I, I, I don't think you're looking at the study and understanding it it's not this big aggregate they they use that number but they've they've looked at it statistically from same job type um you, you know stratus too like it's it's they can look at somebody in the exact same job in the same role with the same you know experience and women get paid less black people get paid less your to your argument you're you're saying there's no there's no um race inequality either all right. I mean, you be like, oh, well, black people have. They, no, they because take when low. we talk about race equal- inequality, we're not talking about just pay gaps. We're talking about civil rights. No, but I'm talking about and, ra- and, and racial racial pay gap. There's a racial pay gap too. There's a racial. There's a there's a the the women's uh, pay gap. There's black women get paid less than white women, so that's even b- bigger. There's a um there's African Americans. There's uh Asian Americans. They they've looked at it and they've cut those numbers a million different ways. And when it comes down to it they do get paid less uh, i mean it, it's hands down we have to look at it we have to do a gender uh study every year we have to actually do a calibration to say are our women getting paid as much and we have to calibrate people because guys are are just generally in higher level positions and they do end up kind of giving higher raises to the outspoken guy and everything like that it's one hundred percent true. I disagree true. with that because the the studies show that men work higher, more dangerous paying jobs. I get that. I get that. But Overall. that's what I'm saying. If you look at the and that's, women, women that's working into that, the numbers. so you're, we're in, in, in that overall number. But I'm talking about oh. women, same job, like same job in oh, that. I, I, well, I've, well, I've already acknowledged that there there are definitely those situations. But that's, I don't. That's what we're talking not about. A, not 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 enough to. Like this whole talking point of gender wage pay gap. But even if it's that's, even if it's just a few, that's not, that's if not I work true. the same job as you and I have the same cre- credentials as you, why would you make twenty thousand dollars more than me? What what job? Anything. Is, my job. I'm in sales. Mm-hmm. I, I can yeah. tell you my last position. I was one of the higher paid because of my experience. I was one of the higher paid people in my position. I knew people that were making less than me. But that's that's the norm. And the thing about it is, you said most jobs, you especially salary jobs, you can ask for more. That's what right. I was the same person. Like if you you're couldn't. hourly, if you're an hourly wage, if you're an hourly wage, you, you can, can always if ask they for come more. in at twelve. You can always say, "I want twelve fifty thirteen. Like there, there's there's negotiation happening at almost every level. I, now, when you talk, yeah, a McDonald's job at seven twenty five, it is what it is. How many people are negotiating that salary? <laughs> By well, and large, that's the thing. I get it. I get it, but that's what I'm saying. It's it is negotiable, and that's but, where you start seeing. Okay, that. so well, then you can't use yes, that can. as a gen- when when nobody. So if ten percent of though, but if ten percent of the pop, they're if ten percent of the population is doing, let's say ten percent of the population, but out of that ten percent, ninety percent of those are white men that know the secret to success. That's the gap, and and the few people that are, are asking for more, these are the people who know to ask for more. Like, we don't know this. I did not. My thing was when I saw when I applied for a job and it said this was the starting rate from this to this. I hope for the highest and whatever they threw out there is what I took. I didn't know. I felt like they they, they know better than me. If they offer me 75, I must be worth 75. You know, that's just what I accepted. And 
hell, with Tegan, when she came on, um, Rosie, we both helped her, like, tell her. She countered. They the, all, like, the counter, Tegan, yeah. Tegan counter, 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 super counter. Like, these are things that, you know, we were telling her because she, you know, we we're a little older and we've been through this to renegotiate. You know, people don't know this. I had to learn in my mid 30s that I, I could ask for more money. You know, I get it. I get. I might not get what I asked for, but I always get more. I think you guys are overestimating how. It's many not about how many. It's the fact hey, that. Hey, and and then even then is we might even negotiate. They're still and they still and might for, offer you more. And for it to be enough to affect what is considered a wage gap. Okay. We're not talking that. That's one piece of it. That that happens. Then there's that bias. Then there's the I I I automatically give that white guy you know, a higher offer than I give that white girl or that black girl. Like all of the, all of those things combined, it what is what makes that gender gap happen. And, and you it's, can, you can't, you it's, can. it's getting smaller. It is getting smaller, but it's getting smaller because companies have li- literally said, we acknowledge there's a pay gap and we're going to look at reviews and we're going to do income reviews and we're going to make sure that we don't have that inequality. This is a like, common. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It, like at BBVA, since it's it's no longer here, right? We looked at our uh, salary, and most of our people are, you know, hourly wage tellers and stuff like that, right? Like that. That's most of the people that uh, that work at the bank. We looked at it, and at one point, we were down into like the seventies with our gender wage gap, uh, and it took us almost four years to get them within the ninetieth percentile and, and be within ninety percent. So this was something and, when, when and I was it, at, and it still wasn't a 100 and now that was kind of like okay we're good enough. So this is something with ADP when they were talking about the employee engagement or uh people know ADP as a payroll company and they the reason I tell you this is because they the job reports is the ADP job reports. They're telling you how much people are starting off at. So we had mm-hmm. we literally have this information for the vast majority of the company and we can say what a what a bank teller in Houston and this zip code is making down to the penny and it'd be like okay this in this zip code the 35 year old male is making $17 an hour where a 35 year old female is working making $16.50 and we were going out telling companies that they need to this was about to be a big issue because there was there were some lawsuits coming up laws. yeah 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 yep. that were that were pushing against this so we're like how do you get ahead of this so that was a big push because it was real and giving them um, their comp. There was a compensation packet that we sold that was saying, Hey, you need to be able to dig into your compensation and work towards what Rosie was saying is, Hey, how do we, this is our budget for the year. How do we strategically, we can't change overnight. Like, all right, all the women making 19 and the guys are making 21, all of a sudden get everybody to 21. Um, how do you adjust that accordingly over time to, because now if you get all the ladies 21, now Byron's mad that, you know, all of them got uh, raises. Haley got a tw- got two dollar raise. Too. He wanted two dollar raise. You know, um, it's it's. I, I think my variables occur more than you guys' uh, variables, but we're talking in circles now. So, I, I just work for a company that did this for a living. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I looked, I looked at studies. I mean, your company doesn't control the entire world, so they pay more people than any other company in the world outside of the U.S. government. Just saying, there there are countries that literally have it this way, and the women choose lower paying jobs. But again, we're talking. We're not talking about the same thing. So, all right. 
Um, I think with that being said, <laughs> yeah, I mean, love it, love it. With that being said, let's go ahead and close it out. Wait, right. Uh, the only thing I got, man, is um, I, thoughts and prayers once again uh, to the eleven-year-old kid that called nine one one because one of his siblings' dads came to the house and was kind of getting big with his um mom call 911 cop walks in and shoots him in the chest 11 years Whoa. old yeah so uh luckily he he survived got out it uh but his mom says that um he got shot and he was uh, like lay, laying there bleeding out saying what did I do what did I do wrong um and so once again uh to to the police officers out there I I, I get it I I really get it it's hard make those split decision split second decisions but you know it's an 11 year old kid walking out of a bedroom that you told him to walk out of um and you still pull the trigger like at some point you got to take some responsibility like it's you bruh it's not it's not the situation it is you um and so you know yeah um prayers to the to the family on that so happy on that kid where it was able to pull through um but once again man it's it's when we talk about what we ask our police officer to, officers to do um, is kind of causing that. So I still want to figure out a way to get around this and 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 get a handle on it, man. Man, that's sad. A um, few things. Uh, what up to the Inspire You On Air audience? Uh, we continue to be grateful for you guys tuning in and rocking and rocking with us. Make sure you you know tell friends and family to check us out on inspire you and and subscribe to us on uh any podcast platform uh the two things that i got is one uh Derek jackson's wife uh, she just did a, a recent interview Derek jackson is the relationship guru who was like you know giving women all this advice and then come to find out he was cheating on his wife and then she showed up with a bonnet on her head and they did a joint interview. I think she's finally like, they finally divorced because he actually asked for a divorce. And that's what I'm getting to too also. Like, I don't really, I'm not here to judge people who who cheat. That's that's between you and your significant other. What I am going to judge though is her being at home and him being at home and him being upstairs and texting her, hey, I think I want a divorce. Dog, you already in my eyes, but you super for that one, big dog. <laughs> like, and this is who women look, this is who women looked up to and, and held on to their every word to. This dude asked for a divorce via text, not while he was out of town, not while he was like overseas or something. In the house upstairs. So I just thought that was made. And also, um, we talked about how Bud Light embraced uh, LGBTQIA. Um, well, the pushback won. They wound up losing around, I think, uh, $16 billion worth of their stock or something like that. So they have now backpedaled and uh, taken those flags off of their beers. And Anheuser-Busch had to like buy back a lot of their uh, Bud Lights because people were boycotting and also Target same thing um, people were complaining about them having uh, you know gay pride um, I guess I don't know products out 
And so now Target has changed course and taken them off the shelves or whatever like that. So as for now, the the anti-gay crowd have they have two victories under their belt because Anheuser Busch and Target both came. Yeah, I will say though, Target went a little bit overboard. Like I I, I saw some of the clothes were like tuck friendly clothes for like toddlers and stuff like that. It was like this weird, like you know, a, a four year old transgender type thing. I'm like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> you know, I don't know if we need that. So yeah, I I I. I well, I, I might have agreed with the, the anti-gay crowd a little bit on that one. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out, though. <laughs> oh, no. You leave that in, son. <laughs> you leave that in. <laughs> I'm going to get smoked for my gender ways, babe. You get smoked for that. <laughs> what you got, Ferg? Oh, I don't know, man. It's a crazy world. I mean, the fact yeah. that this is even a topic, you know, um, but not much. Just hoping to get back to some kind of uh, normalcy. Start a new job this week. School is out. The family's enjoying themselves. So hopefully get a lot of family time. And once again, I tell people to take care as we uh, come to the end of mental health awareness a month. I tell people to take care of themselves. I think I shared this with uh, the listeners before for the month of April, the entire month of April, I took um, FMLA and um, just because I, I, I needed it, I needed to take care of my mental health and it wasn't, it wasn't what I guess most people would think you would just need to take the FMLA for because you know for most people you almost have to be on your deathbed or just going completely crazy to do that and I'm saying this because I want you guys to realize that most of your jobs offer it and take it if you need it especially if you're seeing a therapist and stuff like that take it you know if you if you had surgery and you needed to take off for a couple of weeks you would if you had any other injury or you had any other thing going on you would I advise take I it was well needed. I didn't even know what to do with my time. You know, part for the first part I felt guilty for taking it off. Just because it wasn't one of those typical things that we take leave for, but I had to work on self-care and self-worth as far as I'm worth my mental health is worth it. And so I, I'm a living testimony when it comes to that. If you're if your company offers it and you need it, take it. You don't have to take a month off. Take a couple of weeks off. Don't use your vacation time, especially if you're seeing a therapist. If it's bad, just like I need time. The company can't call you. They won't reach out. None of that stuff. And just document it. You just you, you need it. Um, I've, I've seen and heard so many people right now talk about they're having a tough time. And they're trying to deal with work and family and all this stuff. You can't do anything with your family, but you can't do something about work. So you're worth it. Take that time you need, especially if you have it. With that being said, three brothers, no sense. Your favorite barbershop style podcast, six rules of podcast. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week.